Welcome to the Curious and Connected podcast, where we're hoping to connect students in our EDD program and beyond to foster a sense of community. My name's Leah, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Here. Kella. And today, our guest of honor is Carly Diggins. So Carly, yay, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Um, So our first question for you, we just want you to tell us about you. Um, Whatever comes to mind, work, education, personal, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, well, first of all, it's great that you all are doing this. Um, It's fun. It's a fun, um, innovative way, I think, to like connect people. Um, I already have it followed on my Spotify. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm Carly. I uh, currently work at Deloitte. I just started a couple months ago, actually. This week will be my, oh no, this week will be my third month. Yeah. Um, So I've been here for three months. Um, I'm a senior consultant in org transformation. And right now I'm currently on a project, a really, really fun project with a huge county in the U.S. um, doing uh, org design. And so completely redesigning their office of the president as well as their human resources. Um, So that's been really fun. Um, Obviously, I'm a a doctoral student um, with you all at Vanderbilt, which has been great um, and also has brought me to the path I'm in now. Um, and before that, I was an executive director of a nonprofit. So I ran a, a nonprofit called Students United, and we advocated for all of the Minnesota state students at the system, state, and federal level, um, and loved it. But the reason I left was because it it became apparent to me that my love for the actual like org change and the org design of it. I, through the pandemic, I had to change our entire organization. And that was so fun for me um, where that became more of my passion than the actual um, mission of the nonprofit. So that's why I decided to leave. Um, and I knew that that was going to be kind of the route I was going to do. That's why I even signed up to or applied to go to Vanderbilt to be in this program. Um, and it's been great so far. Awesome. Didn't I see you recently on LinkedIn? You are doing something else too, like a board of directors? Yeah, I'm now the chair of the Minnesota OD network, which is org development. Um, That's, to be completely honest, kind of a mess of an organization right now. And that's why, um, that's why I I took it. My, my past uh, uh, associate executive director is actually joining me as the new treasurer. So the two of us are taking it on. Um, I mean, they lost their nonprofit status. They um, have like no members. I think we have two members left. Um, They've lost revenue and programming. And so I feel like it's a a lot of people wouldn't have taken it, but knowing that I have her and me and we've done this before, um, we're really excited to to reorg that and to do a complete org design with that um, nonprofit and um, make it really, really valuable for its members. What an incredibly huge undertaking. <laughs> You're not doing <laughs> it up already. Yeah. I know so my the- Saturday yesterday was spent um, like literally going through boxes of their paperwork from 1994. So oh, <laughs> it's been, goodness. it's been a challenge. Oh, Lord. Oh man. Well, it sounds like you're, you're doing a lot of great things, but you know, are you able to maintain balance of all of this? So what do you like to do when you're not working or doing classwork or revamping organizations? (laughs) That's a really good question. So I used to answer that question by, I actually used to do a blog 
Um, but I realize I'm at max capacity because I, so at Deloitte, besides my client work, I also do a lot of firm initiatives, um, which I love. And so think of it like your client is like your academic work at Deloitte. And then the firm initiatives initiatives are like your clubs that you're part of. So Mm -hmm. I am definitely at max capacity. So stopped that. Um, but what I try to do is, I mean, my boyfriend and I really, we, we live together. We, we flip our, um, we bought a duplex and so we flip it. So I don't, you all probably don't know this, but when we started the program in August, I was living with no kitchen and no bathroom. Um, and so <laughs> we, um, we've completely flipped our side. The tenants on the other side just moved out. So now we're trying to get that flipped before September. Um, so we spent our morning this morning, uh, priming and, um, working, working on that. But so that's another thing I wouldn't say it's necessarily like my passion or the fun thing I do, but, um, we go on walks and, um, get a beer in between and, um, we just cook dinner together. So we, we definitely try to try to make it fun as well. Oh my gosh. That is awesome. One, because I also love a good project myself. So is there like a favorite thing that you've done together, like in your current house? So he does it all really like he, he's taken down the walls. He's, I mean, we've literally gutted it out. Um, but I really have enjoyed, I found this actually, I really enjoyed, uh, gardening and doing like the outside maintenance Um, I love to like throw on a podcast and do that. Um, This morning I learned how to paint for the first time. Like I've never done any of this house stuff before until I met him. Well, and not even, we've been dating for over three years until we lived together. I had no idea this was going to happen. So yeah, I, um, I just painted this morning for the first time and actually really enjoyed it too. It was fun. Um, I think sometimes when you're so busy in life, having a, a task like that where you can just throw on a podcast and be pretty mindless is actually kind of a form of mindfulness and it's mm-hmm. it's been really kind of soothing and therapeutic a little bit definitely and and you get like these beautiful landscapes you know afterwards yes <laughs> we're trying to like market our place right now so that's what that's what we're we're trying to do with the, the outside curb appeal that's what it's all mm-hmm. about you know I watch a lot of hgtv <laughs> see and i don't i've never like grew up with this like i am not interested in hgtv so it's really funny that i'm like doing this um wow. but i also think it's fun to like learn something completely new because i never thought i would um do this yeah. <laughs> at all so. that's awesome <laughs> that's great that's great well we would love to hear more about all these awesome things you're doing but we also kind of want to talk about Vanderbilt for a hot second so uh what's spoken to you in the course content so far I think um my favorite class so far has been the four frames that we did last semester um I absolutely loved that class where I would in my free time like you ask about my free time I would literally like go on lucid chart and like map out all of the four frames and everything we were learning from the textbook. And it's kind of fun though, because now in my org design project, I've sent my consultants and analysts who are learning about org design, I've sent them those lucid charts I've made. So it actually like really was like theory to practice, right? Like what we learned and what I created during that class, um, I took directly to my work right now. 
um, and was able to have these attachments I could just send to the analysts and consultants to learn fast because we're trying to learn about org design super fast um, with them. So yeah, that class loved it. And now I always, I think about people, I think about processes, I think about technology, I think about um, just the structure of organizations in general. I think about all of that with the lenses of the four frames. Um, and, and even in my personal life, when I'm meeting with people and I'm annoyed of someone, like I try to think about like what frame they're coming from, right? And are they actually really, really structural? And that's how they're thinking. And how do I get them to understand this perspective? So that's been, yeah, definitely my, like, probably passion too, when I go into org design now. And, and the reason why I would say org design is probably my, my top passion out of all of the org development stuff I like to do. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have a frame? And for all of our listeners out here, can you tell us the four frames, what they are? And then which one do you typically lean towards? Yeah, so there's symbolic, political, human resources, um, and then structural. Right now in my org design project, we're all structural. So we're only doing structural. I wish we could look at all four frames, but we're not getting paid enough for that right now. Um, <laughs> but if we can win more work, I'll definitely be bringing on um, some of those other frames. But right now we're just structural. Um, I think me though, naturally, it's... Uh, human resources, when we did the test, I think was definitely what I always use that lens, like that people lens and, and changing the behavior of people. Mm -hmm. But one thing I learned throughout the course, which was interesting is actually, I'm a really, really strong in political frame and I didn't think I would be, um, but the political frame is all about strategically communicating and actually doing those actions. And I think that's the reason I love org change so much too, um, because it's so strategic in that way. Um, and then symbolic too. I've always been down to like, with my old team, we would always do like the storytelling and the, the logos and the, always, I would do retreats all the time with, with my staff to, to get integrated into the symbol of the organization. Um, so yeah, really all four frames I like, but I, I would say HR and political are probably my top. And uh, not to bring up something from a small group in class into this podcast, but do I remember correctly that you also have some sort of tattoo symbolizing your former organization? Oh my God. Yes, I totally. Yes, that's a complete symbol. Yes, I have a tattoo of my old organization on me. Um, that is, Leah, yeah, you're completely right. That is definitely um, the symbolic frame. So I guess I probably hit all these frames. Um, but yeah, I think, and I've had employees, which again, I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I've had employees then get the tattoo after, um, which is great. Um, because I mean, it'll always be a special organization to me. And I think to the, to the team too. So um, that's been fun. You know, Greek organizations do it. Why not nonprofits? We're <laughs> yeah, you got a Deloitte the tattoo now. <laughs> I know. Stop me if I'm about to get a Deloitte tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, so switching gears a little bit, we would love for you to tell us about an accomplishment you're super proud of. So in any kind of facet of your life. Yeah, I would say back to that nonprofit, the tattoo nonprofit. Um, I. <laughs> 
so I became the executive director of that really, really young at, at 26 and was not like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was up against really, really accomplished, brilliant people. Um, I was an internal candidate. And I think, I mean, that was definitely what got me the job. Um, however, I definitely came in with not as much, ex- obviously, experience and all that. Um, but I'm really proud of myself of what I did in that organization. We were um, we were getting sued my first couple months there. Um, obviously, the pandemic hit a year in after that so much happened where I was able to, and then, and then also the organization was kind of a mess. Um, just like the organization I'm doing now, it was kind of a mess. And we, we had really bad turnover and, um, some struggles between the board and staff and things like that. And I, me and my team completely changed it around. We changed the entire culture around we changed, I mean, we had no turnover when I was there. Um, we changed the finances around. We changed um, the way we did everything. The, the students and the staff and the board had such great relationships. Um, and that took years, but that's definitely what I'm most proud of is, is changing that culture and changing that org. I did an org design on that, on that organization. Um, and that's, yeah, what led me to Vanderbilt. And then what led me to Deloitte is I just really love that feeling of being able to provide a space for people to really love work. And I think we spend so much time in work and I am so grateful that I love my job so much and I love the environment I'm in that I want to create that for other people and other organizations. Um, and I did that at, at Students United and hopefully now for my clients that I work with and then hopefully for this new board that I'm on. That's awesome. Well, it seems like you've accomplished a lot in the past few years with multiple organizations. So where do you see yourself going in the future in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, so I feel like right now I'm definitely like have drank the Deloitte Kool-Aid, they say, and like loving it. I mean, obviously it's three months in and I'm like, I'll be here forever. <clears throat> and I, I could see that be happening, right? Like I would love to be promoted to the next, to the next um, group, which is manager, and then just keep going up. However, um, I also could see myself leading an organization again. I would love to, um, I really, really like being in a, a leadership spot because I understand the importance of it and in creating that culture for people. Um, so I think um, definitely leading an organization would be uh, in the works. And I would love to do that. I always, I was talking today actually too on a walk with, with my boyfriend and I was saying um, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my free time when I graduate because he graduates this December. And so we were talking about free time and I was like, maybe I'll write a book. Um, so like, maybe that will be my next like free time thing to do too, is I would love to write a book, um, and, and get back into that blogging and do, do all that on the, on the side as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much possibilities and I'm really excited to, to see what happens for all of us. For sure. For sure. Do you have a working title for that book right now? No, not at all. Um, I, so I created this concept during, um, well, I heard it from somewhere, but then I like ran 
working with it. I, I heard it really briefly on a podcast, but have you guys heard of the concept beta mode? No, but I did see that on your sheet and I'm very interested on that. Yeah. So I did this when we were like coming out of the pandemic and trying to figure out what this new hybrid workspace and this new future of work looks like. I don't know where I heard it, but I heard someone say this and then I ran with it, a beta mode and progress, not perfection. And I worked with my team on this because I could tell they were so like stressed out that they didn't know the exact answer of what would happen next. Or we would have a conference scheduled, but then we'd have to cancel it because of the Delta variant. Or we would, all everyone's back to work, but then someone got COVID. Like we would have all of these different things happening where you never knew what was going to happen. And so the, the point of beta mode is getting into the future of work and and focusing on the little tweaks you can do through throughout the process and just focusing on pro- progression and not perfection. It does not need to be structured. It does not need to be perfect. Um, so during that time, we did meeting makeovers. We sat down for two hours and mapped out all of our meetings and did the complete makeovers on our meetings and labeled them what they should be and, and who should be there and how long they should be. Um, we would do beta mode retreats where we would come together and bring up things that are not working in this new world and and how do we fix it together so that might be kind of fun topic um I also love the again org design I've talked about and um, leadership too that's awesome well I can't wait for your book to be a part of the Vanderbilt sequencing and one of these (laughs) classes in the future Uh, we've got like maybe two-ish minutes to give us your best answer for what does leadership mean to you or what does your ideal leader look like so I'll let you choose yeah I really like that concept we learned in leadership theory of adaptive um, I think it was adaptively authentic leadership Mm. so I used to always answer this question of like I'm an authentic leader And then learning about kind of the critiques of that in leadership class was actually really fascinating. And, but it resonated with me because I, I really like the concept of continually growing and continually developing into new selves. And so being your authentic self, but continually developing and growing and then helping your team continually developing and growing and having this culture of learning and growth where again, that progress, not perfection, we don't need to be perfect together, we can focus on our progress and our growth and our education. um, And do that together and have like this psychological safety um, in this really cool culture that, you know, has feedback and has these learning opportunities and also comes to work pissed off some days. Um, and being your authentic self or like, I'm looking like this right now, meeting with you. <laughs> like, I, I think like with my basement, that's all, you know, the construction. So I, um, I think, yeah, just being very authentic in, in continuing to grow. That's great. I love that. Yay. What a great note to end on. Um, So yeah, that wraps us up for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Carly. And to our listeners, we hope you will join us for our next episode of Curious and Connected. Yeah, thank you.